0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by T-shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. We are sponsored, as always, by John T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, John Siegley. I'm joined for this one by Sherelle McMillan. Sherelle, we are recording this moments after UNC was able to hold off the Wake Forest Demon Deacons 93-83 to in the Dean Dome on Senior Night. Let's just start with your biggest impression from this game, having watched the Heels, get out to a lead, maintain it, and then were able to stave off the Demon Deacons run that happened late in the second half there.
1: I think my biggest impression uh, is more of a overall theme of the season, which is that I was wrong about Cole Anthony coming back and playing. And what I mean by that is I didn't think there was much to gain for him to come back. You know, it seemed like he solidified himself as a top 10 pick. He um, really couldn't you know, improve himself that much or, or, or get better over the course of the season, considering how North Carolina was struggling. But it just took a little time. And he is, is in control of the offense as, as we've seen from, you know, a Carolina point guard in a while. He just seems dialed in. Um, he's shooting, he's passing. He just, he really feels like he understands what Roy Williams wants. And he has kind of figured out how to fit into this offense with his skill set. So that's my biggest takeaway is just how in control he looks. Uh, he was eight for 14 from the field four or five from three, made all of his free throws, also had seven assists, four rebounds, one turnover, and 28 points. I mean, it's isn't. It's hard to play a better game than that when you only miss six field goals and your assist-to-turnover ratio is 7-to-1.
0: Yeah, that 7-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio is what uh, stood out to me. And, I mean, some of the passes that Cole was making tonight, I mean, they were just next level. I mean, you can truly see that that is the vision that he was billed to have coming into this season. And unfortunately, UNC just has not been able to get that best version of him, whether it be through his own injuries or just, you know, the team kind of having a little bit of a funk there and learning how to play together basically during the month of February when they should have been doing that back in November and December. So that leads me into my next kind of topic here because Carolina also had another 20-plus point night From Garrison Brooks, who had 25 points overall, 9 of 12 from the the field, 7 of 11 from the free throw line. And it really seems that this is the key to UNC having offensive success around. This is what they were missing earlier, is that you have Garrison scoring 20 or above. Cole Anthony scoring 20 or above. And then one other player who's able to contribute with another double-digit scoring tonight That was Brandon Robinson. But over the last two games, it's been Christian Keeling. That has been the recipe for success, and it's just very unfortunate that they are finding the right mix to that recipe when there's only a handful of games left in the entire season.
1: Well, that's the Royal Williams formula, right? It's a really good point guard who pushes tempo, who can score and create things in in there. Uh, freelance kind of freestyle offense. It's also a big man who you can throw the ball to and say, go get me 25 points. So they have those two things. That's where it starts. And then from there, it's based upon timely shooting and good defense, which is what you just said. Brandon Robinson, this game, 5-3, 6-11 of, of from the field. Um, before it was Christian Keeling, who actually still had a, a pretty solid game, um, especially in the second half. I think he scored seven of his nine in a row. He had a three, and I think he had a couple twos. Um, so, you know, he came in and did what he needed to do off the bench. Um, So, you know, I think you're seeing kind of the pieces fit together. And like you said, the real issue is that this kind of growth was supposed to happen in late November, early December. So that by January, when the ACC play started, they were ready to go. And just because of Anthony's injury, everything got pushed back a little bit. And, you know, it's just unfortunate they weren't able, like you said, to win a couple of those one possession games to keep them in the hunt for the tournament. But, um, yeah, you're seeing a Carolina team operate how Carolina teams are supposed to operate and that's three straight games now with 85 or more points um you know after you know at the beginning of the season or I guess into January we were talking about this is the worst offensive team in North Carolina history and maybe it's just that that stuff evens out over time because the last two games like they're not missing <laughs> they're shooting you know 50 percent from the field the last couple of games um 40 I think it was like 45 or 46 percent from three against uh, Syracuse then 58 percent uh tonight and then 75 percent from the free throw line tonight and 88 percent against Syracuse so the shooting has you know kind of done a 180 from where it was earlier in the year
0: it really has and I think that they played overall a solid defensive game against Wake Forest tonight I mean Wake was hitting just some shots that were basically heat check sh- shots I felt like um, a I lot of them I don't know. I don't know, John. Really?
1: It looked there were times where the Wake was just coming down the court and just going straight to the basket and scoring.
0: It, yeah, it seemed it seemed a little easy. Well, with their big man, yeah, I agree with that. But you know, those were kind of the transition stuff. And yes, Carolina definitely need, needed to improve on their transition defense. But you know, the three point shooting—I mean, there were heels closing out on those. They were really scrambling. They were doubling in the post when they could. I mean, overall, you know, this is this is not an elite defensive team from. Uh, this year that Carolina has certainly below what you know Roy Williams would would like to see them play at but I do feel though that at least they're giving effort that they have not just packed it in and you know credit Wake with making a lot of tough shots that kind of led to that run in the second half but then again Carolina played under control they didn't panic like we saw them do against Duke for example they hit their free throws they did not turn the ball over and, you know, that those are the two key things. And do we even touched about that, where if you are coming down and just even if you have an empty offensive possession, if you can burn clock and you don't turn it over, that's what you need in order to close out a game.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said, they, they're they making their free throws now. I mean, I don't want to go back and do another autopsy of the Duke game, but if you just make two more free throws, the game is, you know, they they have a win there. And um, that's what we're seeing against N T State. Uh, we saw it to some degree against Syracuse. And then tonight, even when it got to, I guess it was 83-76 at one point, I think. Even then, I wasn't really worried for Carolina because it seemed like they were so in control. And the confidence that the team has right now is just, it's really uh, a, a, just a contrast from where they were a month ago. You know, they looked like they couldn't do some of the most basic things in basketball A month ago and now they look completely in control really confident um and and ready to go to to Cameron on Saturday
0: they definitely do and you know just I think this was an important win for the symbolicness of it that this was senior night and you had Brandon Robinson playing his last game in a a Tar Heel uniform obviously the two grad transfers as well Justin Pierce and Christian Keeling and then the traditional blue steel guys and I think it was such a huge boost to their morale like you said, going into a game at Cameron, that they were able to get this last home win for the seniors.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, maybe we should talk about Brandon Robinson a little bit, you know, maybe after the break, his recruitment. But, um, yeah, it it was definitely big. I think they've stacked three games together now. This is the longest win streak in in quite some time. The best they've played uh, maybe all year, honestly, Uh, because even when they were winning at the beginning of the season, I don't think they played particularly great. Like the the Alabama game, I don't think they played really well. Um, the Oregon game, they played really well, and then they haven't won a ton of games since then. So I think this is definitely, to me, the best, most impressive three game stretch. Um, even if Wake is anemic on on defense from time to time, each team has their their flaw. But I think Carolina just played so well that you you really have to say, wow, this is the best they played all season, and it's not a coincidence that. This is maybe absent Armando Baycott's injury, the most healthy they've been um, all season as, as far as the key players, as far as Cole Anthony and Garrison Brooks and Leaky Black and Brandon Robinson. Um, you add the, that health to Christian Keeling with some confidence and Justin Pierce able to provide solid minutes. And, you know, you have the team that people maybe thought that North Carolina was going to be earlier in the year
0: definitely agree with that and in terms of the winning streaks the only other winning streak that carolina had that was longer than two games so uh obviously we, you're talking about three game stretch right now but it was the very beginning of the year where they had notre dame uncw uh gardner webb elon and then alabama not exactly a murderer's row there right but, and
1: right and, yeah. and just you know that they were they still looked disjointed it was cole kind of doing his thing then and it was uh you know, playing some inferior opponents who, as Roy Williams would say, they were just more talented then. Um, But this, to me, is like real Carolina basketball and mm-hmm. the sharing of the basketball, the dummy into Brooks, you know, the the assist. Uh, tonight they had 31 field goals, 18 assists, you know, and that's that's more in line with what Carolina should be. It's not as good as it was on Saturday against Syracuse, but it's still, you know, better than it's been most of the season because a lot of the offense has just been kind of one-on-one stuff because, you know – there was nobody to pass the ball to because <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody could get open and nobody would, you know, they, you, people weren't scared of North Carolina's offense. And when you're not scared of offense, you don't really have to, you know, mix things up on defense and Cole Anthony back and everybody playing. Well, now everybody's a threat. Christian Keeling is a threat. And so now, you know, you have to account for all that and that's helping open things up for the entire offense. You know, before we, before the break, I, I also wanted to just kind of give props to Leaky black. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, He struggled to some degree this season, especially um, just just with different things in different games. You know, there'll be one game where his offense is is pretty solid, but he just kind of makes a couple of boneheaded plays. There'll be another game where his defense is really good, but his offense is nonexistent. Tonight wasn't, you know, great by any stretch from the offensive end. He was 3 of 10, but 9 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and 1 turnover. Um, You know, that's the kind of floor game that they're looking for, for him. Cause we've talked about it so many times. He's just not going to be a player who takes 15 or 20 shots and scores 20 points. Like I, you know, he, maybe he'll score 20 points in his career at Carolina, but I'd be surprised just because that's not, that's not who he is. He's more of a, you know, he's a floor, floor general glue guy, all around utility player, basically. And um, I think tonight you saw a lot of the things that he does well.
0: Yeah, and I think next year when he has a more defined role that you and Sean Moran had talked about on our weekly Coast to Coast podcast, it's going to help Leakey out a lot. So there's definitely some positive development there going into next season. So in the you know, for this year overall, Carolina hasn't had too many positives, but I think the development of Garrison Brooks has been by far number one. Number two is just that Leakey seems to have gotten his confidence back as this season has come to a close here. But let's do go ahead and take our commercial break to first talk about our friends at John T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are your place to go for Carolina gear. You hear us mention them on every Inside Carolina podcast, and that's because they are where you can find anything you could want for the Tar Heel fan in your family. Winter is wrapping up, but if you still need any gear, you can head over there to see what they have in their selection. They also have everything that you want for the spring. They have all the jerseys from every single sport, football, basketball, lacrosse, baseball, just anything that you could possibly want to, if you're going to be on campus, you can head over to their location on Frank street where they have been in business for decades. They have the absolute best customer service as well. If you can't make it to Chapel Hill, you can always shop online at giant t-shirt.com. You can find that same great selection and get that same great customer service. And don't forget that if you are a subscriber to inside Carolina, you get 10% off of your orders, either at the giant t-shirt store or online at JohnTshirt.com, you can get that 10% off code from the Tarpit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's shirt and JohnTshirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. And let's go ahead and also get in a word from the national sponsors. And we're back with the Inside Carolina post game podcast. John Siegler here with Sherelle McMillan. So Sherelle, I know that before we took the break, you mentioned wanting to talk about the recruitment of Brandon Robinson, which I think is very appropriate given that this was his senior night game. So, you know, looking back at when he was being recruited by UNC to where he's at now, just kind of give us your thoughts on his overall development as a player.
1: Uh, Yeah, so he was a bit of a a late bloomer as far as a national reputation is concerned. It really wasn't until um, the spring of his junior year that, that national schools like North Carolina started to take um, some interest in him. So he visited North Carolina that March for um, the Duke game. Uh, It was a senior night. I I can't even remember what year that would be. I guess that would be 2014. Um, So he visited for that game and, you know, we thought the recruitment was going to kind of heat up from there. And there was really no contact from North Carolina for most of the summer. And, um, some context. This is in the middle of the NCAA stuff. So this is 2014, um, or excuse me, 2015. So this is when everything is is happening. This is when the headlines are, you know, nonstop, almost in, in the newspaper and online pretty much every day. This is when they are outside the lines, interviews, and, you know, people saying that they're going to give Nocon Khan the death penalty, and the program is going to shut down, and anything that you can imagine. So this is in the middle of all that. Uh, and so like I said, he visited in March. They didn't really do much with him until July. The end of um, the evaluation periods back then, there were three. There was a, there was one uh, at the beginning of the month, one in the middle, and one at the end. And the last one was always in Las Vegas. And so Robinson switched teams that week and played with Team Loaded, which is an Adidas-sponsored team out of uh, North Carolina. And he played really well, and Roy Williams, happy to see him. And That was at the end of July. He got a scholarship offer not long after. Uh, took an official visit and by, I think, the beginning of October had committed to Carolina. Um, and Hubert Davis was kind of the lead uh, recruiter for um, Brandon Robinson. And, and they had a really good relationship. And um, I think it was maybe a couple of days after Tony Bradley, um, who also was originally class of 2016, I think people probably forgot about him almost, um, committed to Carolina. And Bradley's commitment, I think, told Brandon Robinson that, hey, it's OK to go to North Carolina, even though. All this stuff is going on. And then about a month later after that, Seventh Woods committed on national signing aid to Carolina. So um, they went a long time with no commitments because of everything that was going on. If you go back to the class of 2016, it's the most offers Williams has ever given out. I think it's around 24 or 25, just because there was so much uncertainty around the program. And. Tony Bradley kind of broke the ice and then Brandon Robinson came in and then seventh woods. So even though, you know, woods left after three seasons, Bradley after one winning national championship, I think those three should be held in some esteem um, by Carolina fans just because of when they committed to Carolina and under the circumstances in which they committed to Carolina.
0: Absolutely. And then I think, you know, when Brandon Robinson was coming in, Fans weren't really sure what type of player he would be at the college level. I think that they maybe thought, well, is this guy going to be kind of like a taller Dexter Strickland? Is he going to be kind of in that maybe Danny Green type role at least? Not not necessarily the same you know, caliber of player, but that spot in, in the Royal Williams offense. And early on, you know, B-Rob showed some potential. He played a lot of two guard, I think, which is not really his more natural. I think he's actually better as a three. But even then, he was really playing uh, both. And now you're seeing as a senior, he really has that confidence. And he's become uh, become a player that the coaching staff, his teammates, and fans want to see pull up from three. I think early on the season, there were actually a lot of calls for him to shoot more because he was really Carolina's only, only reliable threat from the outside. And I just think that his trajectory as a player has been really positive and shows that these guys that stay multiple years with Coach Williams, with the, the coaching staff, the, the vast majority of them do show market improvement. And
1: yeah, who knows what would have happened if he, you know, the big issue I think with Robinson is just he was never able to put on the weight necessary to play, you know, multiple years, heavy minutes in the ACC. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons I think maybe he kept having some injuries and there's always like, there was just something holding him back from really taking that next step. But, you know, he's, he's been really good for North Carolina this season when he's been able to play and just one of those situations where, you know, he got behind some really good players. I mean, he was behind, uh, essentially Kenny Williams and Theo Pinson for all but one year of his career. Um, and that's tough because Kenny Williams is a lockdown defender who at times could really, really shoot it. And Theo Pinson, we know all the things that he did to help North Carolina be successful, you know, during his four years there. So I think it's just part partly circumstance. Um, he's gotten better. And then he just had a couple of bad breaks that, you know, he's had a really solid career, but just think about what it could have been. Maybe if he didn't get hurt, in the very first exhibition game this season, if he'd been healthy that that stretch and been healthy the whole season, you know, maybe he could have had a, a little bit of a better year. But I don't think he has any regrets about his career. Um, he went to the school. He always wanted to go to won a national championship, uh, was the number one seed uh, a couple of times and played in some really big games. So I, I think he's had a really, really solid
0: career. Agree with you there, Sherelle. So let's go ahead and wrap up the talk about Wake Forest with any other other thoughts that you may have about the game. Um, Just any other observations, any plays that maybe stood out to you. Just, you know, final thoughts on the win against the Demon Deacons tonight.
1: Yeah, just overall uh, a team victory. One where they seem in control and they seem uh, confident. They seem to be peaking at the right time. Um, and, you know, I think they're going to give Duke, uh, you know, their best shot on Saturday. And I think this is, as you said before, this was kind of the win or a win that helps propel them and give them confidence that they can go into Cameron and win. They've already, they already know that they can play with Duke. Um, I think the last few games have shown that they can close out other teams so that if it gets to a situation where um, they are in the lead late against Duke, then maybe it won't be as much of a, of a mental hurdle as it was, say, a
0: month ago. All right. And let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast by talking about that Duke game, man. It is by far the most popular topic amongst Carolina fans right now. And, you know, I think it's coming at a really good time for the Heels. They have that three game win streak that we've talked about. Their confidence is obviously very, very high right now. So, you know, they have a long time, though, before Saturday rolls around and they have that matchup. And I think this might be one of the rare cases trail where actually more pressure is going to be on Duke in this one, because Carolina, they know that they can hang with the Blue Devils, like you mentioned, but they are going to be heavy underdogs on the betters. They're going to hear all week about how Duke is trying to get back in the contention for a high seat in the in the NCAA tournament and Vernon Carey is so great and all this and that. And, you know, I think Carolina is really going to be able to rise to the challenge and embrace that underdog role for this matchup.
1: Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Brian Ice for the stat. But uh, Cole Anthony last six games, 22 points, five assists, four rebounds per game, 51 percent from the field, 48 percent from three. So. The North Carolina's best player is playing his best basketball heading into that game, a national spotlight game against the point guard who many people say is the best, you know, defensive point guard in the country. Um, so Carolina has that going for it, like you said. Um, and, you know, I, when you talk about the Carolina Duke game at Cameron, I think there's a couple of things like so Duke's role players are going to play better. So uh, like Matt Hurt, I don't think he did really anything in the first Carolina Duke game. Um, When the Moore, you know, made a couple big plays right there at the end, but it wasn't the game I think he typically has. Um, So those two, I think you'll see better gains from Um, maybe not as good from Trey Jones just because he was phenomenal that entire game. Um, So you just have to account for that Two history shows us and people know I love this stat (laughs) that Carolina almost always gets a double digit lead at Cameron. I don't know why. I don't know. What causes it, but it's it, it almost always happens. So 2008, so the last 11 matchups, Carolina has had a double-digit lead eight times in Cameron. You know, of course, last year they got up double digits and won by, double, won by 16, I believe. They were up by 13 in 2017-18 and lost. They were up by 11 in 2015-16 and won, up by 10 in 2014 and lost, up by 10 in 2012 and lost, up by 26 in 2011. 20, uh, and won, up by 16 in 2010-11 and lost, and then up by 17 in 2008. Um, So it it almost always happens. (laughs) Uh, So just count on that, look for that, and it's just going to be a matter of, if it does happen, how does North Carolina, you know, kind of keep the lead? How do they keep their foot on the pedal? Because sometimes the offense can really stall out when they get a lead, especially late, and you just hope that they're able to to keep their foot on the pedal if if that does happen. Because Duke is a good team, but they haven't played well lately. And they had a win against NC State on Monday night. But aside from that, um, you know, it's been hit or miss for them. Of course, being at home helps. But I don't think Carolina should go into this game intimidated by any stretch considering, you know, they outplayed Duke for about 37 minutes the first game a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think that Carolina is going to have a lot of confidence going into this game, and we will be talking about the Duke game, I would imagine, prior to Saturday's matchup in another podcast here on Inside Carolina, so stay tuned for that. But for now, sure, I think we can go ahead and wrap this podcast up, man. Thanks a lot for talking to me this night, and hope that you have a good rest of your week. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.